We're dropping into Psalm 27 today. Psalm 27. Oftentimes on uh, Thanksgiving praise, I go to the Psalms. And uh, today we have a Psalm of David. The Psalm is titled, actually in the, the, the text itself, it's titled, uh, The Lord is my light and my salvation of David. It's a Psalm of David. And really what I found as I surveyed these verses is that this is a sermon for the soul. It's a sermon for the soul. There are many psalms like this. But friends, this is a good passage to go to when you're struggling, when you're filled with anxiety, when you're afraid, when the situation of your life is overwhelming. Remember Psalm 27. Alberta Widman, who just passed away, a dear member of our church family, is now face-to-face with her Lord and Savior. This was her favorite psalm. And, uh, and I know many of you would say the same. My mom was telling me on the phone last night how God has used these verses in their lives in some of the darkest moments to help them and strengthen them and hold them up. So it's a sermon for the soul, and on your sermon notes, the back of your bulletin, you'll see that's kind of how I set it up, a sermon for the soul. Let's begin with the first point, trust in the Lord, O my soul. Trust in the Lord. It's like if you were to get yourself in the mirror, trust in the Lord, O my soul. Listen to the verses. Verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When you realize who God is, it changes everything. When you realize what He's done to bring us into relationship with Him, it changes the way we think about this life and the next. I love how David describes the Lord He calls the Lord my light. He doesn't just say, you light up the path, which he certainly does. But God himself is his light. You are my light. The light of life, the light of joy, the light of uh, of understanding. You open my eyes to see light when once all I saw was darkness. You, O Lord, are my light, my salvation. Where else would I look? Who else could save? Where would I turn? But you. And then he says this, and these are some of my favorite words in the Psalms, my stronghold or my fortress, my high tower. You are the one that I run into to find shelter in the midst of the storm. If you were out in the plains and an army crested over the hill, an invading army, where would you run? You would run into the high walls of a protected city. And find shelter there, safety and security. It's that imagery that's being employed here. The Lord is like that for us. So many psalms. I call them um, shelter psalms or uh, refuge psalms. It's good to, to, to have these as equipment for our soul when things surprise us and catch us off guard. Where do you run? Run to the Lord, King David says. When evildoers assail me, To eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Now, this is not just symbolic language here. This isn't just poetic. This is actual, right? So when you look at the life of David, this is his life. Even when he was a shepherd, he was dealing with invading animals that were seeking to kill his sheep, and he was fighting them off and killing them if need be. And he writes, the Lord 
is my shepherd. Like I defend these sheep from those attackers, you, O Lord, are my shepherd. You defend me. Did he have fears? Oh, yes, he did. Did he have to deal with evildoers constantly, especially once he was king? Adversaries, even armies, yes, he faced those things. How do you face them with confidence? You run to the Lord and trust in him. Yet I will be confident. Note the choice. Note the choice. I will. I choose to be confident in you, O Lord. There's, there's, there's no other else that's going to that's uh, solve this issue. Where am I going to look? Where do I turn? I turn to you. And I find in you a place of confidence. Think about cultivating confidence in the Christian life. Think of it like, like a garden. It just takes work. This takes effort. You have to choose. You have to prepare in advance. How do you cultivate this kind of confidence? Well, let me show you where he goes in the next verses. I believe that he has found the secret to Christian confidence, and it is found in the coming verses. Verses 4 through 6. Worship the Lord, O my soul. Oh, friends, this is what Elihu has been telling Job. In the midst of his suffering, he says, Job, your focus is all here. You need to look up and consider the glory of God. Consider your creator, Job. He is a sovereign. He is faithful and good. He wounds in love even in this moment. Like a surgeon who seeks to cut out the cancer. To heal you. Worship the Lord, O my soul. One thing, David says, I have, have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I love this language. Love this. What is the heart of this king? Can you imagine having a king who had a heart like this for God? One thing. There is one thing over all other things. One primary request. One singular longing. Even in the midst of overwhelming circumstances, of, of assailing foes and armies and enemies, he says, there's one thing I want to do, one thing that I need. I want to worship. I want to worship you. Listen to how he describes this worship. I want to dwell in your house. I want to be where you are. Now, that's different in David's day than it is in our day, isn't it? I want to be with you, Lord. That speaks of relationship. Oh, Christian, think of the treasure that you have in Christ, this relationship with your Savior, reconciled to God, your Father, the Spirit present in your life always. I want to gaze upon His beauty. What is that? What does that look like? Oh, that's worship and awe. How do we gaze upon His beauty? Oh, friends, we look right here through this window. It is a window to the beauty of the Lord. Show us your glory, O Lord, each day as we gather together in your word. And then as we gather on Sundays, all together, we see the beauty of God in worship. We inquire in his temple. What does that mean? It means that we've seen, we've tasted, but we want more. We understand, but only in part. Lord, give us a greater understanding of your beauty and your glory. Show us more of you. This is his heart even in the midst of challenging circumstances. Worship is the secret to confidence in the Christian life. 
our focus on Him. Listen to how Jesus employed this phrase, one thing, when He talked with Mary and Martha. As they went their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed Him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to His teaching. Note Note what she was doing. She sat at His feet, dwelling at His feet, inquiring, listening, beholding His beauty. This is is Davidic expression in Mary's life. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to the Lord and says, Do you not care? Can you hear the tone here? This is a this is a nervous, kind of aggravated, slightly passive aggressive, right? Because Mary's here. She's not talking to Mary, she's talking about Jesus. (laughs) Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me then. Listen to the gracious and kind but very direct response of Jesus. Martha, Martha. You can almost see her, her, her face in his hands. Martha, ho, 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 stop. Take a breath. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Oh, friends, know this. You, on any given week, could find a million reasons to walk in these doors like Martha. Lord, you don't understand. I am busy. I have had a terrible week. This is this and that. And it's like the Lord in His kindness and love, when we gather together especially, He just grabs us gently and, and calms us. And focuses our hearts. (laughs) One thing, Christian, one thing that you need more than anything, it's me. It's the Lord. Focus your heart there. Sit at His feet. Worship Him. Which means this. The busier your week, the more you need to be here on Sunday. There is never a situation in your life where you're too busy for God. Oh, friends, I hear this far too often. We've had just a busy week. I think we're just going to stay home. No! No, that's backwards. Jesus would say, Martha, come. One thing above all other things. Now, if you're sick, we get it, right? If you're on vacation, great. But friends, what else would we do than gather with God's people? We're not punching time cards here. We're worshiping the sovereign Savior of all humanity. What an awesome privilege we have to gather together in His presence. And then on Monday morning, to open His Word and behold His beauty, to inquire in His temple, to dwell with Him, to talk with Him, delight in Him. Oh, friends, live there. One thing. David goes on, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. Other places he talks about being hidden under the shadow of his wing, right? Like a little uh, chicken, what, 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 a little chick, chickadee, is that what you call him? I don't, I don't have chickens, all right? But the hen has her wing out and she's sheltering her, her little brood under her wing, He will lift me high upon a rock. Now my head shall be lifted above all my enemies around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices. What is that? That's obedience. That's obedience. But how? How is he obeying? With shouts of joy 
and I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Can you imagine coming to church if there was no worship team? Can you imagine if there was no singing when we gathered? Friends, it's so right for us. We don't come with just mechanical responses of obedience. We come with hearts overflowing to God. Our, our joy to obey flows from hearts overflowing in love for Him and gratitude. That's why Thanksgiving is so awesome. It's so right. Every day is Thanksgiving for the Christian. Obedient and exuberant worship. Let me just release you, church. Know this. There's not constraints upon you to keep hands in your pockets, right? We are not, we are not that kind of church where you just have to be like, oh, wow, I don't, I don't want to move. What if, you know, someone sees me? No. Be exuberant. Release your praise to the God who is worthy of your praise. Don't be distracting. We're not running around with streamers and doing, you know, somersaults across the stage to draw attention to ourselves. But don't hold back exuberant praise. If we can do it for the Seahawks, you know what I mean. He is all the more worthy. Number three, depend upon the Lord, O my soul. Depend upon the Lord, O my soul. The prayer begins here in verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, I do seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. If we had more time, we could break all these things apart. But in summary here today, I just want to show you the, the total dependence of King David. He is not the man who says, listen, I have trained with the sword. I trust my abilities. I have surrounded myself with mighty men. I trust them. I have um, what I need to su survive this or that or I'm the king. I trust in me. No. Some of those things may have been true. Certainly we know that David was a warrior king. He knew how to handle the sword. And certainly he surrounded himself with tremendous mighty men. But note where his trust and dependence was. He looked to the Lord. He looked to the Lord. Humility and dependence. I'm trusting you. If, if you don't show up, I'm a goner. If you hide your face, O oh Lord, what would we do? We need you. We are desperate for your mercy. We're desperate for your grace. We're desperate for your protection. We're desperate for your help. Oh, to hear a president speak like that. To look to the Lord in that way. Imagine what that would be like. Someday, someday, King Jesus will sit on the throne on this earth, and he will show us what it looks like to rule in righteousness. My father and mother have forsaken me, David says, but the Lord will take me in. Listen, even in the midst of his request and his dependence, he's confident in God. Teach me your way, O Lord. I want to learn it. I want to know you more. I want to understand. Lead me on a level path because of my enemies. This situation is hard. I need to know what to do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. 
Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have arisen against me. They breathe out violence. And when we say violence, they wanted to kill him. They were hunting him. What is this? Well, the steadfast love of the Lord is our confidence. He doesn't just have emotional whims. He's not just given to randomness. No, his love is loyal. The chesed love of God. It sets upon us and it stays upon us. And he's looking to God for wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him go to the Lord and ask in faith. The Lord, by the way, who gives lavishly of wisdom without reproach. The book of James. Oh, we need this too, don't we? We are a people who are depending upon God in prayer. Even as we are confident in Him, we don't fail to do what He has ordained for us to do. That is pray. He employs the prayers we pray to bring about the protection He's ordained. This is our God. Prayer matters. Number four, the fourth point. Folks who are being baptized, this is your cue to be dismissed and get ready. All right. Fourth point, wait for the Lord, O my soul. This is the most prominent sermon to the self right here. This is where you really get the mirror and you lock eyes with yourself and you look to the very core of you and you say, listen, listen, Jeremy, wait for him. Wait for him. Oh, these are beautiful verses. I believe, David says, that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Hmm. In the New American Standard, it says, I would have despaired if I had not believed that I will look upon the goodness of the Lord. There's a conditional connection here. If I had nowhere to turn, I would be in absolute despair. If I didn't have you, Lord, I would be a goner. I would be overcome with anxiety. I honestly don't know how people walk in this world without Jesus. I, I, can't, I can't imagine waking up in a world as messed up as things are right now without that comfort of His sovereign hand at work in the midst of it all. I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. For King David, he meant by this, I believe God's going to bring me out of this mess. I'm in a situation and I know he's going to bring me, he's going to deliver me out. But friends, the land of the living for David was, was here and the here and now. But for us as well, and for David, there is a truer, eternal land of the living, isn't there? A, a land where there's only those who are living. That is those who trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus said that the life that he gives, death cannot touch. When we run to Christ for life and forgiveness, turning from our sins, turning against all of the selfishness and pride that we once walked in, and as our eyes are open to Christ, we see his glory and beauty. We run to him and we say, save me, save me. There is life imparted in that moment that takes place that stirs us to life. And that life never ends. It is eternal life. And it begins the moment you're saved. And you will, along with all others who look to Jesus alone, you will live forever face to face. I will look upon the face of the Lord. Now, now in this life, that's like in part. 
through as, as dimly as it were, through like we just have a glimpses of it through the scriptures. Someday, face to face, to see into the eyes of our Savior, the one who died to secure our pardon, who bled out with innocent blood so that we might be forgiven. There is coming a celebration, friends, and I want all of us in this room to be part. You don't want to miss out on this. It's not just that you want to avoid the fires of eternal hell. Obviously that. But trust me, what is awaiting you when you embrace Jesus Christ is far more satisfying than anything this world could ever hold out and offer. Why are you waiting? Run to Him. Be saved today. Enter into the land, as it were, of the living. Those who live forever in Jesus Christ. This is a confident patience. That's how I describe it. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take courage. Wait for the Lord. It's confident. If you, were, uh, you had a flat tire on the side of the road, you didn't have a spare, and you called someone that you trust, and they're like, hey, hold on, I'll be right there. I'm coming to help you. How would you wait for that? Well, you know them. And you know that when they say they're coming, they're coming. And they're not, it's, it's, it, like they're going to get here when they can, but it's not an uncertain waiting, is it? It's a confident waiting. Similarly, we know as we wait for the Lord, He is going to show up. He is going to show up. And it may be that He shows up with a comforting presence in the midst of a terrible trial, or that He chooses to deliver us from that moment in powerful ways, or We die, and in that moment, our eyes see him face to face forevermore. Wait for the Lord. He is worth the wait, my friends. He is worth the wait. So our response this morning, here's a summary of this amazing psalm. Trust in the Lord, O my soul. Worship the Lord, O my soul. That's the secret to peace in this life, to confidence in the Christian life. Depend upon the Lord. Cry out to Him. Run to Him. Hey, I thought He was coming back. I was like, oh man, I thought it was the rapture. And wait for the Lord. There is coming a day when the trumpet will sound and the, the Lord will peel back the sky and we will be caught up together with Him. It's coming. He's worth the wait. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for this incredible psalm. Thank you for being the God, the same God. You don't change. There's there's no change in you. There's nothing that would, 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 would be worth changing. You're already perfect. You're the best good. You can't get any better. You're infinite in your perfections. And so we thank you as we worship you today. We join in this chorus that King David has written for us to sing to our soul. Oh God, you are worthy. You are our only hope. You are worth the wait. We trust you today. Oh Lord, if there is anyone here who has yet to turn from their sins, to run to Christ for shelter, for forgiveness, for life eternal, I pray today, even now, stir in their heart. Do what they can't muster up in themselves. Provide that very faith that they need to see you and to embrace you as Savior and Lord. 
Flee from the wrath to come and find life and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, thank you for the gift of salvation. We celebrate that now, your kind and good work in the lives of these individuals who are coming to be baptized. Be honored and glorified, Lord, as we celebrate now in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to say a few words about what this is. If you're new to this and you've never seen a baptism or you've just seen sprinkling, uh, let me explain what this is about. Um, baptism doesn't save anybody. Like I always like to point out, this is Ferndale water, right? There, it's not saving anybody, okay? Um, this, this tank exists to proclaim. This is a proclamation of what God has already done in these individuals' lives. They were dead in their sins and trespasses. And God raised them up in Jesus Christ and set them on a rock, forgave them of their sins. The wrath of God was satisfied for all who believe and trust in Jesus Christ. And so they are saved already. And what they want to do is enter in now and give a visible word, proclaim the salvation that Christ has accomplished for them by reenacting his sacrifice, his death, burial under the water or in the grave, and resurrection on their behalf. And so this is a, a testimony to the gospel, and each one as they come wants to share uh, just briefly in a concise way how the Lord saved them and why they're here today and, and why it is so important. So let's welcome Alex. Come on, my brother. This is Alex Selman. And uh, all right. It has been a joy to get to know Alex. Why don't you turn and face the folks and, uh, and give us a profession of faith here. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I am being rebaptized today as although I was baptized as an adult believer many years ago, it was not by immersion. The Lord brought me to Good Shepherd Bible Church over two years ago, and recently I was convicted in my soul that I needed to move forward with obtaining full membership at GSBC by publicly reaffirming my faith in Christ and baptism by immersion. It is not what my hands have done. It's all about Jesus Christ and what He has done for me. Amen. The scripture I have chosen is from the New Testament, book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Alex. Go ahead and uh, have a seat. Let me take those. Yeah, hey, those are nice. I might keep them. Okay. All right. So have a seat right here and then slide forward a little bit. I don't want to hit your head. Okay. Alex, I just want to ask one last question. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Yes, he is. Okay. On the basis of your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in his death for you, and raised to new life in him. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
Natalie Ellenboss and uh, her dad, Colin. And she's got some words. You're going to read this, Colin? Yeah. Okay. Right on. Hold that up there. Natalie has uh, written this down, and uh, this is what she came up with. Uh, she's uh, getting baptized today because she loves Jesus and wants to follow him. Uh, she admits she is a sinner, um, knows she, he has redeemed her, and he tells her that uh, she is his child. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that I will be with him forever, is what she's saying. And mm-hmm. John fourteen six says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am thankful that he saved a sinner like me, and I am happy to follow him the rest of my days. Oh, praise God. And Natalie, your mother and I are so full of joy that you are taking this step and getting baptized, and we're just so proud of you. Mm, praise God. I love it. Those are great words. Great words. Okay, Natalie, go ahead and turn and sit down. And I'll ask one question again. Um, Natalie, have you trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and treasure? Is He your hope alone in this life and the next? Yes, He is. Okay. On the basis of your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Buried with Christ in His death for you. And raised to new life in Him. All right. This is Troy Ellen Boss. And he decided he wanted to be baptized today as well. So, Colin, read, uh, read what Troy wrote for us. Right on here. Stand up and face the folks. There you go. It's good. Good job, man. So Troy says he's, uh, he's getting baptized today because he wanted to follow Jesus in all his ways. Jesus has saved him from what he deserves, which is death and hell, because he is a sinner. He died on the cross for his sins and rose on the third day. He paid the full penalty that he could never pay himself. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He's thankful that he did this and love him with his whole heart. And Troy, your mother and I are very proud of you and Natalie and so thankful that you've decided to take this step of faith and, and profession. We love you guys so much. Amen. What a special day. It takes courage to get up here, you know? I'm proud of these young people. Okay, Troy, got a question for you. Have you trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Okay. On the basis of your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in his death for you and raised to new life in him. Good job. Naomi is coming. Can I hold that for you so it doesn't get wet? Okay. And Dan, just slide right around there. We've got an entire Dahlstrom uh, cheer section over here, I believe. I saw, I saw. All right. Mom and Dad are even here from Alaska. That's awesome. So, are you going to read this? Okay. Let me get you the mic here. All right. There you go. Hold it right in the middle so you don't. Yeah, there you go. 
Just turn and face them. Uh, on November 13th, 2013, I asked my parents a very important question, what is salvation? Their answer was that salvation is trusting that God sent his perfect son to die for the sins of all who believe in him. Uh, I went to sleep that night thinking about what they had told me, and the next day, November 14th, 2013, I talked to my dad and asked him if he would help me pray and be saved from my sins. I, my parents, and my little sister all sat down in a circle on the floor. My dad prayed first, and then I prayed, and that was the day that Jesus saved me. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible and the first verse that I ever memorized. I love it because it really sums up the gospel and the idea of salvation. I'm really grateful this, for this opportunity to walk in obedience to God and be baptized today. Thank All right. You. Well said. Well said. Okay. Natalie, go ahead and have a seat. I mean, Naomi, sorry. Have a seat. Okay, and slide forward. I don't want to bonk your head. Okay, so just a question, Naomi. Have you trusted Jesus as your personal Lord, Savior, and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Yes, he is. Okay, on the basis of your profession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death for you, and raised to new life in him. All right. Congrats. So, Ty, are you ready, buddy? We're ready. Okay. Right on, man. Come on up in here. I can take that little sheet there. Okay. And, Mom, come up here and get pictures as, as you need. Feel free. Take the videos and all of that. That's good. Okay. Uh-oh. Where's my microphone? Mic one, Chris? Ah. Got it. Okay, so stand up right over here, Ty, because this is kind of a deep baptistry tank. That's good. How is it? Pretty nice and warm in there? Yeah, kind of like a hot tub. Okay, all right, so here's what you wrote. I'll hold the mic if you want to read it or you want me to read it. You want to give it a go? Okay. I want to get baptized today because I want to obey God and I believe Jesus died for me and I want everyone to know that I've asked God to forgive my sins and that I want him to be the Lord of my life. Ephesians 2, 6. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Amen. Well said, my brother. Well said. That's a great testimony, man. God's, God saved you. Isn't that special? All right, why don't you turn and have a seat right here. There's a, like a little seat you can sit on. Okay, can you guys still see him? Okay, stand up if you need. Okay, Ty, I've got a, one last question for you. I know we already talked about this, but I just want to have you reaffirm it. Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior, Lord, and treasure? Is he your hope alone in this life and the next? Okay. Based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, you ready? Buried with Christ in his death for you and raised to new life in him. All right. Good job, buddy.